What's up, guys? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the nine to five as healthily and happily as possible. And I say this with a smile of, of, I don't, I don't even know. My brain, honestly, my brain is not on today. This past week um, has been like, it's been like a tricky week. I'm not going to lie. Let me lower this in case you're watching on YouTube so you could actually see my face. There we go. Um, I think that this past week was just a little bit hard for me for like a number of different reasons. And I decided to save it and bring it up for the podcast because obviously you guys see a lot of like the highlights of my life and the things that I do and like I'm enjoying and how I do, I do have my ducks in a row most of the time. Um, but every once in a while, somebody, some force comes along and just knacks, knacks one of those ducks right, right on its behind. Um, and that's what this week felt like. (laughs) I think it was, I think it was a combination of like, I came back from LA on Monday and I just wasn't like, I wasn't in the mood to work. Not like you're away, you're in a different part of the state, like quote unquote vacation. And I just really liked it out there. Like, I don't know. I liked the vibe. I liked like the scenery. I just could honestly really see myself living out there. And then I came back and was like, back to work, back to the mundane nine to five. And I just wasn't feeling motivated. Wasn't, wasn't feeling motivated. Um, and you know, things, things will happen at work and it's, it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies and you're allowed to get stressed out about the workload that you have and things that occur. Um, but in, in those moments, I take my pretty behind right to the gym, honestly. And this is not like a, some sort of trick into getting you to go to the gym and health and fitness and all that stuff. But seriously, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, frustrated, like on, on the brink of tears, I take myself to the gym and it makes me feel so much better. And I think it's because it's for, like, it, it's for a few reasons. And one of them scientifically really is like we release, is it like endorphins when we exercise? And there's like a chemical in our brain that gets released that like, like makes us happier. Like it makes us less stressed. And like another part of it, I guess, is that I'm also taking my negative energy and my negative feelings and I'm channeling it towards something. And then it's like, I'm channeling it also towards something that I know is going to better me in the long run. So long story short, I guess, thank God for the gym. And that's, I think that's like what started this whole thing for me anyway. And a lot of people ask me like, how'd you get into the gym? How'd you get into weightlifting? Um, and one of the really big reasons was that I just like, I was going through a lot of stuff in my life and I wasn't feeling like I wasn't feeling good. I, I was definitely depressed, like a hundred percent can't, I'm not even going to try and hide it. And the gym became a place for me to take all of that bad energy and those bad feelings and sadness and anger and everything that I had, put it towards something good. And then of course, the more I went, the better I felt about myself physically and mentally. And it just becomes addicting from there. 
Um, so I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that, whether it's the gym or there's something else that is like your go-to activity for when you're feeling really overwhelmed by life. And if you haven't figured out something like that, then I would definitely recommend, I guess, setting down the time to do so because it's like you need those little like you need those little gold mines, like those little like hidden caves in life that you can count on to push you through stressful situations, you know. So that's my motivational intro. <laughs> I guess I don't really know how I got so deep. I, I didn't really mean to. That was just kind of building up, building up on me this year. Do you, you guys know me. I'm like 23. I'm like 23. I am 23, almost 24. Um, but you guys ever go into work and, or you're working or like, I don't know, like workday's done and you're just like, I'm tired. I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to do this right now or I don't want to do this. And then you're like, God, I have like 40 more years of this though. And then you start to freak out and you just get, yeah. It's I have to cut myself off when I have those thoughts because then I get into this like really depressing like black hole and I'm like, I am way too young to be Thinking about that, we need to put on our rainbows and butterflies and smiley face hats. And it's all good under the hood. Because some people, I guess a good, another good way of looking at it is some people do not have jobs to be stressed about. And they're stressed about not having a job. So that's a little grounding. Yeah, you know what? Well, well I'll, I'll end this discussion on that note. You know, I'm sure we've all been there. Getting really stressed, overwhelmed, frustrated with work but at least we have a job to be thankful for. And we have ourselves to thank for getting, for getting us there. Okay. That's enough. That's enough of the deep talk or, or else my head is going to explode. This is way too much for you on a Monday morning. Um, but anyway, how, how are you guys doing? You know, if I had a co-host right now, I'd ask how he or she was doing, but it's just me. So I'll tell you guys how I'm doing today. Um, I had a jam packed weekend. I had a, I had a nonstop weekend. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, I'm going to be drinking my creatine because I'm quite thirsty and need to drink my creatine. But I had a jam-packed weekend. So going to Rutgers or having gone to Rutgers, my friends are all over the place. Most of them were from Jersey originally, but they're all over the freaking place. So one of my really good friends lives in Philly. Uh, Our schedules are just both so like not, they're just like not compatible with each other. And she's been really busy, like taking her LSATs and like applying to law school. And I've been doing everything under the sun that I do, but I finally got out for the second time to go visit her in Philly this weekend. Um, and I feel like that opens up a whole can of worms that I could really talk about forever. Don't get me. I like Philly. Okay. I like, When I say the city, like where I'm from, when we say the city, I'm talking about New York City. And I do like New York better, which I'll get, I'll get to. But I do not dislike Philly. I had a great time. There was a lot of history and like culture there. Um, We went to a great restaurant called, what's it called? Uh, Giuseppe's and Sons. Giuseppe and Sons. Yeah, that sounds right. 
Um, and it was really cool. And she took me to like a bar before. I have no idea what it was called. But it was like a restaurant. There was like a speakeasy downstairs. All the drinks we had were fantastic. Everything was very like you go down the stairs and down through like a dark hallway. And then it's like a big, almost like, Gats- like, like Gatsby-esque, if that makes any sense, you know? So I had a chicken parm, pasta, lemon drop, martini, all, all, all the classics. They didn't, the only thing that they, they did wrong, and this opened a whole conversation between me and my friend and her boyfriend, was we did not get our cheese. And I'm going to say cheese because now I'm going to get, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty here. So you guys know I'm Italian. I'm half Italian. My mom is 100% Italian. My grandparents grew up in Brooklyn. I'm honestly, I'm not really sure about my grandma, but I know for a fact my grandpa's first generation, like he had to teach himself English. His parents only spoke Italian. Um, but there is such a difference. There's like a clear difference between Italian and New York Italian, which then becomes New Jersey Italian. And there are just words that like I grew up like my mom and my grandma telling me like, this is how you have to say it. And now it's like, I'm getting older. I'm like, like, I just don't know where these like adaptations, uh, like, like these, yeah, like these adaptations of the words came from. Because if you're actually Italian and like speak Italian, I think we probably sound like idiots. Um, So I'm going to say this basic way. We ordered what phonetically, phonetically is the one where it's like what it looks like, right? Okay. I think so. Anyway, what it phonetically sounds like is mozzarella. You might have heard of it. Mozzarella. Comment on cheese. Often eat fresh. Um... But for short, here in New Jersey, we we simplify it with mutts, little mutts. Uh, but growing up and the way that we called it. So if my mom goes to the store and she buys like craft mozzarella cheese, that's we're saying mozzarella sticks or God, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mozzarella cheese, because that's like fucking craft shredded. Like who even knows if it's real? Same thing with like mozzarella sticks. Like I'll be like mo- mozzarella sticks. That's how I say it. But if I'm talking about a fresh, like a, like a, I'm, I don't want to say the word because I'm going to get to it, but you know what I'm talking about, like a nice fresh slice, mozzarella. That's what we say, mozzarella. But it becomes mozzarella, like, like del. Somehow growing up, I threw a little D in there, but we say mozzarella. And then it becomes mutz, which just sounds very snooky-esque, but... We were having a whole whole debate because I I got a whip. I it's like the same thing. You talk to someone who speaks Spanish, like they like in their home they speak Spanish, and then they whip out the like, and you're like, okay, okay, like they could do it. So I whip out I whip out the mozzarella. I can't like like phonetically sounds ricotta. We would always say ricotta, but where the fuck does the a go? Like where did these come from? I I don't know. So there's some Italian words that I avoid saying just because I'm like, like, I don't want to be the New York, New Jersey stereotype. But anyway, we ordered some mozzarella. Apparently it was really good. My friend was hyping it up. She's like, everybody, like, 
all of my friends said, we have to order this here. It's like what they're known for. Like I've heard it's amazing. It never came. It never came. So I got a, I got a little side of pasta for free. So that was nice, but I was a little, a little disappointed. You see, you see mozzarella on the menu and you get a little, you get a little warm inside, a little, little butterfly feeling. And then it doesn't come and you're upset, but it was fine. The rest of my dinner was fantastic. I'm convinced that they make their pasta homemade because it just, just had that, it had that, it had that taste to it, you know? But yeah, so that's what, that's what we did in Philly. Um, I don't know if I want to use, I guess I'll use that as like my highlight for the week. So I'll get more into my Philly trip, like when we do highlights, but I do want to tell you guys that I faced, I, I've, Stood up to my fears this weekend. I don't know. I have. I have talked about it because I told you guys like a few months ago about when I saw the cat climbing into the sewer in my neighborhood. And that cat's just really like really give me the heebie-jeebies and I want to crawl out of my skin. Just full disclosure, war- like warning, I'm still not 100%. Like I'm still not not freaked out little bit by cats like there's still some things that they do like the way that they're just so silent and that they could be like like you look over and they're on top of your desk or like they're knocking things over and like creating a mess in your house like that still gives me heebie-jeebies a little bit but I made big steps this weekend I voluntarily pet not one but two not one not two but three cats and I held one of them in my arms. In, and that is a huge step for me. The thought of touching cats, like, you really used to make my skin crawl. They're just a lot bonier than dogs. I have just always grown up around dogs. But I looked at a cat this weekend, genuinely looked at this cat and was like, you're cute. You're cute. And I picked it up, her excuse me. And I pet her. And that is a big step in Liz's world. Thank you for the applause. I know that you're clapping me on wherever you're listening from. Do I foresee myself going up to every single cat I see now? No, but I'm not going to crawl out of my skin quite like I did. Also though, the cats that I met were nice and friendly and they, you could tell a lot about an animal or a person by their eyes and like the look in their eyes. And these cats had nice, sweet, loving eyes. If I see a cat giving me like, like that death stare, then I'm running for the hills and you need to put it away and I can't touch it. So that's that. Um, see, I was in Philly. I'll talk more about that trip in a little bit. Um, I was in Friday into Saturday and I'm sure you guys are aware the Eagles played the Giants on Saturday night. We don't have to talk about the game because I'd rather not. Um, but I was walking in my car and we were just walking around the city and there was just a lot of Eagles energy, a lot of Eagles energy. There was, and there was some, a lot of Giants fans popped out. There was, you know, classic like Eagles fans saying derogatory things in the streets and Giants fans just being, saying nothing back. I don't know. But I was like, as I'm walking to my car to leave Philly, I was like, I need to get out of here and get as close to New York as I can. I need to go home. 
I I need my Saquon Barkley shirt. I need my Giants friends. I need to see the Empire State Building. I got to get out of Philadelphia. So I quite literally got home, shot a text message to one of my friends and was like, I really don't want to watch this game by myself tonight. My mom also wasn't home and I just like, it's feeling a little lonely. So I was like, can I come up to Hoboken? Like, I, I just can't sit here by myself. So I quite literally went from Philadelphia to New York in the matter of a few hours, almost Hoboken, New Jersey, but whatever. Felt my heart start to warm up a little when I saw the Empire State Building lit up red and blue. That one touched my soul. I'll tell you when I left, though, the same night, it wasn't red and blue anymore. Wonder why. Um, but that was also, it, it was really fun. The bars were extremely packed, but as much as I hate the Eagles, it makes it a very exciting environment. Like when two teams so close to each other, like Eagles and Giants, play because there's just, there's just a lot going on. It was very high energy. Unfortunately, it did not go the way that I would have liked it to go. But it was a good time out with friends. Didn't have to watch the game by myself. That probably would have made my night even worse. And now I'm back in my respective part of the country, I guess we would say. I've been, I've hit LA, Philadelphia, and almost New York City in the matter of a week. And I think that I just need to chill out a little bit. And like maybe take a nap <laughs> or something. Uh, but that was my weekend. It was pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty fun. And then today, so I'm recording this on Sunday. I spent the whole day, like I'm literally, I got home and sat down and here I am. I spent the day with Ivana Christopher and Jill Gressley, who I'm sure you guys have heard of Jill because she's been on my podcast. But there are other fitness, I'm going to go quote unquote, air quotes, influencers in Jersey. And, you know, they're people that I talk to online all the time. And I've like had conversations with before, but I've never met. So we took some pictures today. We hung out, got some food. Um, and they were really nice. And so like, I was so happy to get to see them. And it's just, it's, it's kind of nice too seeing people in real life. And you're like, oh my God, Thank God you're as short as I am because I see people, people see me in real life and they're like, you're kind of small. And I'm like, yep, this is me in all her glory. This is me. Um, but no, it's always really cool when you can meet people in person that you talk to online. And although that could be a scary thing, watch, watch your children. Um, it's also a really cool thing and a, like a, a really cool way to meet friends. So I'm excited for you guys to see those pictures. I'm excited to see the pictures, although every time I think I look bomb in pictures, I get them back, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Uh, so hopefully they turn out good and you guys see them. Um, but yeah, that's 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 been my week. I was, like, I honestly, I've been so nonstop this week that I haven't really had time to, like, watch TV or anything like that. Did I tell you guys that I started, I can't remember if I told you guys that I started watching The Last of Us last week and the second episode comes out tonight. So I'm going to continue that. So we'll follow, we'll, we'll touch base on that next week when I can actually talk about it. Um, but if you're into like sci-fi or you just really like Pedro Pascal, I would definitely, definitely recommend checking that one out. Um, anyway, though, we have a packed, packed episode today. Going to be talking about supplements, going to go over the supplements that I take, why I take them and why I don't take others. And then I have a fantastic interview 
with Alex Talinka at the end of this episode, highly, highly, highly advise that you keep listening and listen to that interview. He just was so inspiring, such an amazing person. Um, and I'm really glad that I was able to talk to him. So yeah, without further ado, let's, let's jump right into this week's episode. All right, let's get into the highlights for this week. So I told you guys that I would talk a little bit about my Philly experience for, um, my highlight. And there was just like, I'm going to give like the whole, my whole Saturday in Philly was probably just the highlight of my week. Me and my friend went to, we went to this like vegan place. She said she's passed it a lot, but just has like never given it the time of day. Um, and the place that we were going to for breakfast had a wait. We were like starving. So we just sat down, like she got a juice. I got a smoothie. It was really good. Also, I have this thing now where, so I had a juice last week, like a fresh pressed juice in California. And then I had this smoothie today or yesterday. And then we like went, uh, oh my God, I'm losing my words. We went to like a little shop later and I got like a protein shake, but it was a pretty tropical one. And I turned to her and said, I think I'm becoming a juice slut. Like I need juice like all the time. And she, I was like, maybe I'll get a juice press. <sighs> Apparently, according to her, like juice presses get moldy really, really quick. And I just don't trust myself to not be lazy and clean it right away. <laughs> so I'm going to hold off on the uh, uh, juice presses and, and I'll just suck it up and be a normal normal human being, but don't sleep on them. Very delicious. Um, anyway, we got a nice little breakfast and then we walked like literally across town to, we went to the art museum. I got to see the Rocky statue. A little underwhelming, not going to lie. Um, okay. So I love Rocky top three favorite characters. Um, it just honestly like really didn't look like him. Like the statue just didn't look like Sylvester Stallone has distinct facial features, like specifically because he has facial paralysis on one side of his face. And it just kind of looked like a slab of whatever it's made of. I don't know. Couldn't, couldn't tell with Sylvester Stallone. That's just my opinion. Nonetheless, I took a picture of it. I was going to take some really cryptic pictures like in front of it, but there was a lot of people and I chickened out and I got nervous, but I walked my booty up the steps, went through the art museum. Um, Really, really cool. We had a very in-depth discussion about like, just like how art was so different between like the different, art is so different. Like if you look at European art, Asian art and the way that they perceive things and just like beliefs and religion. And I don't know, we got way deep into it. Like we don't need to get that deep right now, but food for thought in case you're looking for a deep conversation. Um, and I got to see a actual real Van Gogh painting, like an original. You probably know which one it is. It's the sunflower pot one. So it's like the one with the vase and then there's like sunflowers out of it. Like everyone's elementary school art teacher had it up in, in their classroom. Uh, really, really cool. It's like, obviously I've seen the picture a million times. I know what it looks like. But the actual real one and the way that it's been able to be preserved and that it was right in front of my eyeballs was was a really cool thing. I'm not going to lie. Apparently Starry Night is in the Met. So I should probably go and look at that. I don't know. I'm not like a huge, like, I don't rave about art, but it's like, it's 
Vincent Van Gogh. It's pretty cool. Um, that guy's like the underdog of all underdogs. It's just a shame that he became worth millions after he died and had a depressing life. Anyway, that's what we did. Uh, went to the art museum, walked around Philly. It was a little chilly, but a beautiful day. And I got some steps in. So that's my non health and fitness related highlight. And now I'm scouring my brain for my health and fitness related highlight. You know what? I didn't give health and fitness related highlights last week because I talked about like California and I didn't really go into depth in a highlight segment. So I am going to give my health and fitness related highlight this week to something that technically happened last week, but I got to, I got to talk about the Peloton again. I I just can't stop. Like I, I can't help myself. <laughs> um, walking into the hotel gym and seeing a Peloton was really, really made my Friday last week. Um, but I'm thinking because I still have like my crunch membership and they have a bunch of spin bikes there that it might be worth it for me come summertime to download and pay for the Peloton app and just not have the bike because the bike is freaking expensive and I honestly just don't have space for it. Um, but I really enjoy it. They, those workouts kick my butt. I told you guys, I love Cody Rigsby. Like that's my dude. Um, he's hysterical, good music, phenomenal workout. I'm sweating every single demon out of my body. Um, but it's an investment. So I think I might pay for the app and I think I'm going to start doing that. Somebody was asking me like yesterday, what I do for cardio and why I do it. And I say, I switch it up. I go between the Stairmaster. Like I really like cycling. It doesn't really matter. Like it's not that deep. You know what I mean too? Especially if you're not like body, like going into like a bodybuilding competition, it's not that, that deep. Your life, like you don't want to fill your life with things that you hate doing. I like cycling. I think it's exciting. And I like those classes. So that's my preferred method of cardio. I don't like to run. Some people love to run and that's their preferred method of cardio. Go for it. Whatever makes you a happy, happy little bean makes me a happy little bean. Sometimes I think we all just need to take a step back and realize like it's sometimes it's not that deep. You know, there's so many do this, not that. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be wearing that. You need to do this then and that then. And sometimes it's like, if you're happy doing what you're doing, just, just freaking do it. You know, just go for it. That's my motto. I don't know. Happy, happy wife, happy life. Does that apply? I don't know. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> okay. We are, uh, we're talking supplements this week. I think, I feel like this has been a long awaited topic and I probably should have talked about this earlier, but we're doing it now. Um, Supplements are a very controversial, I want to say controversial subject. Personally, I think that this kind of goes back into what I was just talking about a few seconds ago, like taking a step back and being like, okay, not everything is about like aesthetics and how we look. It's also like, like health, health encompasses other things, your internal health, you know, like your actual body, blood pressure, cholesterol, gut health, all that kind of stuff. Um, mentally, emotionally, you know, the deal. I talk about this a lot. Uh, there are unfortunately a lot of supplements on the market 
that are 100% just complete scams. Personally, I don't think that I would be able to run or work for a company like that in good conscience, but that's me and not other people. So there, there's a lot of things like mass gainer and this shot and that shot and blah, 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 and like uh, fat burner and all that kind of stuff that's just complete garbage. And honestly, sometimes it's the it's most often the products with the most attractive names that are the ones that are the biggest waste. So where do I want to start? I... My rule of thumb for myself is I don't take any supplements besides like pre-workout, but I'll get to that. Besides pre-workout, I don't take any supplements that my body doesn't already create, if that makes sense. So you guys know I take a non-stim pre-workout. I don't take stimulant pre-workout because your girl simply can't handle it. Her anxiety is way too high. Um, But even when I did, you know, I, I... You guys know I take one-up stuff, but you don't want to be feeding your body like an unhealthy amount of caffeine. I feel like somewhere along the line that became the cool thing to do. Whose pre-workout has the most caffeine? Like, I want to explode when I take my pre-workout. And it's like, okay, we I like that feeling too. You know, the like ready to go, like hyped up, like jumpiness. But like, are you giving your like, are you gonna have a heart attack because of how much caffeine you're taking? You know? So I'm not saying don't take a regular pre-workout. I've done it, whatever, a million people do it. Let's just like be mindful of how much caffeine we're taking in, you know? Uh, So that that covers pre-workout. In the summer, I'll start in the summer, when I'm cutting, I take essential amino acids. The formula that I use is their BCAAs and EAAs, branch chain amino, amino acids and essential amino acids. Essential, branched. Which one sounds like your body needs it more? It's essential. Thank you. Um, I did used to take like just BCAAs until I did like a little bit reading on on all that kind of stuff. And you can look on the web more in depth into it. But EAAs are really what our body needs. And I, I take them, like I supplement them in the summer because I'm cutting and I'm not eating as much. So we get stuff like that through like our foods and whatnot. Um, but when I'm eating less, I want to make sure that I'm still like, like I still have those essential amino acids. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Hopefully it makes sense. Opposite wise in the winter, when I'm bulking, I take creatine. Your everyone's body makes creatine. Everyone's body makes creatine. That's why I'm okay with taking it. I'm just supplementing. I'm putting a little bit more in my body. It's not meant to replace something. It's not something new. It's supplementing the creatine that's already being made by my body. Other than that, take a multivitamin. That's pretty obvious. I feel like I don't need to explain that one. Check your immune systems. Thank you very much. Um, Whey protein, again, supplement. (laughs) No, my body does not make whey protein. Um, but it's a way for me to get my protein in if I don't get it in through all my meals. So I either use a whey or isolate or a vegan now protein if I'm not getting protein through my meals. I feel like that one's, that one's pretty self-explanatory. You guys know 
the deal with that one. But again, just because it's protein powder doesn't mean that it's like awesome for you. Check the ingredients and make sure that there's no chemical garbage in there. Okay. Um, my favorite supplement, my hands down, I, I can't live without it are my greens. Um, all that greens powders are, are just like powderized fruits and vegetables. That is all they are. Great way to get some micronutrients in a lot of vitamins, especially if you're not a veggie eater, but it just like, I, I pour, I put a scoop in with a glass of water in the morning. I'm hydrated. I'm filled with, filled with vitamins. I'm ready to go. And I've noticed that my stomach just doesn't feel as awesome or like, doesn't like digest my food, I guess as well when I don't take it. Cause then I'm not really getting as much nutrients in, I guess. So I take that and then kind of paired with it. I have this powder called kickstart. So I guess I, let me back up and say the only supplements that I take are not just ones made by my body. They're ones made by my body or they're natural foods, if that makes sense. So like the, like my body doesn't make fruits and vegetables, okay? But the greens powder is just fruits and vegetables. So you get what I'm, you, you're picking up what I'm putting down? I feel like you are. Um, Kickstart is this powder by 1UP that is, so I have the mango one. The regular one was way too hot for me and I just uh, couldn't take it. Mango one has a kick, Kickstart, but ends with, and sweet. So it's just mango, lemon, cayenne pepper, turmeric and ginger, and it helps reduce inflammation in the body. I, my bloating frequency has gone down significantly since I started taking this regularly. And I mix it with another eight ounces of water and I'm getting more water in my body as well. Um, and I know that this segment was kind of short, but that's really it. I, I, and I think that that's kind of like the point of why I wanted to talk about it too. Those are the only supplements that I have in my house. And I don't use them all at the, eh. No, I take most of them at the same time. Um, anyway, though, it's, it's, my whole point is I don't take a lot of supplements. It's not necessary. It's a waste of money stick to what your body makes or what you know is natural and healthy. And if you have any questions on like what each one does, feel free to reach out and ask. I'm more than happy to go through, but I think it's pretty self-explanatory. We went over EAAs, protein's important to build muscle. The greens and the Kickstarter, just veggies and the pre-workouts to get yourself pumped up for the workout ahead. And and that's it. That's, that's my little rant on supplements. And I'll end it by saying, please don't buy mass gainer. I'm begging you. You don't need to spend your dollars on mass gainer or L-carnitine or fat burner or whatever the heck they're trying to sell these kids on, on the market now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. I'm here with a very special guest today. I'm joined by Alex Talenka. How are you, Alex? 
I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, no problem. We were I was just telling you before we started recording, but people had requested that you come on the podcast. So I went and checked out your Instagram page. Um, and thank God you saw my DM. <laughs> and now here we are. Yes, I know. And again, like like I was saying before too, like I'm very flattered that, you know, people want to hear me on your show and just kind of get a little bit more information out of me and like just hear a conversation between the two of us. So yeah. So I started I started following you like honestly a week ago. Um, by the time this episode airs, it'll be a few weeks, but I checked out your page a little bit, but I don't know too, too much about you. So a very, very broad question, mm. but who is Alex? What does he do? What is he like? All that. Sure. Kind of stuff. Yeah. So my name is Alex Tlinka. I'm freshly 22 years old. I have to keep reminding myself that. <laughs> yeah. um, freshly 22 years old. I live on Long Island. Um, I'm a classic physique competitor at the MPC level currently. Um, and then the one thing that makes me a little bit different from most MPC competitors is I am actually a transgender man. Um, so that is something that is not very common and I think is a very big talking point on just, you know, is it fair? You know, what is fair in the sports? You know, and I think I have very... Um, fair viewpoints on all the conversations that go on about this. So uh, that's just kind of who I am on my social media presence. Um, I like to portray myself as a bodybuilder that happens to be trans. I don't really like to associate the two together. Right. It's not like, yeah, it's just like one of those things where it's like something saying, saying someone's like born in New York, you know, it's just a detail about me. Yes, who um, right. Not like you're defining. Correct. Like all be all. <laughs> right. And like, for me, it was always one of those things that, you know, people would ask me like how, aren't you nervous competing against like, you know, men born men. And like, for me, I'm like, you know what, you know, I realize I am at a disadvantage in some ways, but at the end of the day, like, this is what I love to do. This is who I am. And I love a good fair competition. So, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah. That's so awesome. So that's something I didn't even know. Yep. About you. Uh, but <laughs> yes. now you've, now you've opened a ton of questions in my mind. <laughs> um, so obviously like men being born, like men and women, I should start by saying are, composed genetically just different um I will agree right so you like obviously you now being like a man transgender man um do you have to take like testosterone supplements that help you like or like how does that kind of work because I don't know yeah right and again like any question you want to ask please I'm such an open book I think that educational topic is so important I think normalizing these conversations yeah. is so important for both sides. I think some people in the transgender community are too quick to lash out when they're asked these questions, when it comes from a place that is just out of gen like genuine curiosity. Yeah. So absolutely. So pretty much my story is I transitioned very young. I've been transitioned since 11 years old. I actually yeah. never went through female puberty. Um, I was put on a hormone blocker. It was an estrogen blocker called Lupron. Um, and the purpose of that was because um, they felt I wasn't old enough or mature enough to make that big step of really transitioning, which is totally understandable. I was very young and they said, let's just put you on estrogen blocker. So worst case scenario, you come off and you'll have a delayed puberty, but it's not going to have the irreversible effects of testosterone. Um, so what happened was um, I've known I was transgender since I would say seven, eight years old, kind of the age when most people start to understand the social dynamics of gender. I think before that age, everyone is just kind of a kid, you yeah. know, I, I would hope that at a younger age, people don't sexualize you or like, you know, it's not right. looking like you're just a kid, you're just having fun, whatever. I didn't really think about it that much. So it was kind of the age of seven and eight, where I started to understand that those 
those different concepts of like gender and masculinity and femininity and you know that people saw me as a female up to that point I really didn't think about that and that made me very uncomfortable because I'm your stereotypical case I always hung out with the guys I played the handball like I was always into sports like I was very outgoing um and I never really thought about it so once I started to develop those very very early insights of like being a female I was very uncomfortable it ended up like I went from the most outgoing person to the hermit just staying inside not really interacting with people um and I think that's also a big misconception because a lot of people feel that you know we are influenced to feel this way because you know at that age uh 78 years old that's kind of when YouTube started becoming bigger right. social media Instagram all of that I mean Instagram wasn't a thing yet I believe but just social media in general however YouTube was a big one um but for me I felt like that before I was even like transgender wasn't a word I didn't know. Right. So for me, it was just something that I I had, like I knew I was different in a way, quote unquote different. Um, and it was a struggle for me to kind of differentiate between like, okay, am I just attracted to girls or like, is it something more? And it was something that had made me pretty much mature very quickly and have to understand that no, it has nothing to do with who I'm interested in romantically or whatever, it has to deal with me personally. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't really introduced to the idea of transgender until I was about 10 years old, I would say. And I ended up on YouTube watching a video of a transgender man speaking about his experiences. And the best way to describe it is it didn't feel like I was relating to him. It felt like he was relating to me. It finally felt like someone could vocalize how I felt. So that was a really big step for me. Um, and then from there, I kind of sat on it for a year or so. Um, I came out to my mother first. I was always very close to my mom. Um, and my background is I'm an immigrant too. So I come from Eastern Europe. I'm from Romania. It's a country that was, yeah. And it was a country that like, my wow, I don't know many people from Romania. I think you're like my second friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We're a little, we're a little crazy, but um, besides <laughs> that, um, I was born in Romania and like, you know, my parents grew up during communism. It was a very different reality for them so they didn't even know what I was talking about you know they're like they kind of just looked at me and this is yeah. something that I always tell people that I am so grateful for is they were they didn't understand but they still like they were willing to at least try and understand and that's so important yeah. is they didn't just immediately like put me down and say I'm crazy they really like sat down and listened to me and what I had to say and they like I remember my mom word for words like listen honey like I don't understand, but I love you regardless and we'll figure it out. Like that's all we need to hear at that age, you know, especially if someone is having those conversations. So I'm so blessed like that because they were willing to do that. Uh, we ended up going to the Acronym Institute in New York City. They deal with a lot of prepubescent transgender cases um, because for me, I also wanted to make sure I was transgender. I was realistic. I was like, this is a really big step, you know, right. to do. Um, and they came, you know, it was a three-day very intensive psychological analysis done on me. They looked at the dynamic between me and my mother, me and my father, me with both of them, me separated from them just to see if anything, if I was trying to overcompensate for someone in the family, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, Alex is the most textbook case of transgender there is. And that's when I started my transition, estrogen blocker. And then at 16, yes, to very, very long-winded answer to your question, but at 16, <laughs> Um, I was put on uh, testosterone through an endocrinologist. And that's something that if you are a transgender man, you will have to be on for the rest of your life or in okay. respect to transgender females, you'd have to be put on estrogen for the rest of your life. Okay. That's, 
that answers that. Um, so that you said you went under like a three day, like very intense, like psychological analysis. Is that something that like you think a lot of people, um, like transgender people go through or is it not that common? Cause I've honestly never heard of it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it sounds like a, like a necessary step. Cause like you said, it's like, you were very young mm-hmm. and want to make sure like, is this something that like, I'm just going through, like, is this, is somebody influencing this or is this me? Right. I think it's so crucial. And I think it would be such, um, I think because transitioning young is such a con- like controversial topic and I'm very aware of, and for for understanding reasons and that's why I say I'm a very reasonable person right. it's, it's it's you're very young um so I think that if more people had access to psycho like these people are professionals they, this is what they do um and I just I'm lucky that I live close enough to New York City to go a simple train right away um, and deal with the best of the best that really made not just me feel more comfortable in the process, but my parents. Um, and I think for a lot of families having not just like, you know, and all, all respect to like therapists, but like a real, like a psychoanalyst who specializes in transgender care to have that access would be great because I think it would really help, um, families in general, you know, just kind of be a little bit more like assured of, situation yes i like that you brought that up and even talked about it because like you said um like transitioning at a very young age and having that influence on like younger kids is a very controversial topic nowadays and that's like it's it's something that i didn't know existed like something like that so i think that that would make a lot of parents or people that don't necessarily understand feel a little bit more secure and i'm sure that's how your parents felt Mm -hmm. as well especially because I'm an only child so for them it was like you know I and they 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 really did you know communicate to me that for them in the in the in the moment it felt like a loss of a kid because they, they raised me as a girl right. and like you know and all that but then they circle back to now and when they speak to me they really they, they're like no honestly we never lost you you just became who you are really because the personality and who I am stayed the same it was just now I've been able to have the opportunity to just physically express who I am. And that's how bodybuilding came into the play. Like, because for me, and I can speak for a lot of transgender men, especially body, like, and for anyone really like bodybuilding gives you that ability to take control of your body. And like, for someone like me, that's huge, you know? So, yeah, I never, honestly, I've never even really thought, I thought of it in a sense of me just being like a cis heterosexual, uh, like female. And it's, it's like, a, a big thing for girls I speak on a lot um, is like naturally, like every girl has insecurities with their body and getting into like taking care of your health and going to the gym is just a way that you can control, like, you, like control and kind of secure your physical appearance, which is like a big deal for really everyone, especially like, I guess people like you. So my next, my next question, I have a two part question. Mm-hmm. My fir- first part of my question did you play any sports in like high school or growing up? So very good question. So again, so when I was younger, much younger, very into sports, hmm. excuse me, I, I wanted to do everything, soccer, whatever. Like I like soccer because it's again, that immigrant background, Europe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then again, I had that phase where I became so reserved and not wanting to exercise on my potential, like all, you know, pun intended, um, because I just was very uncomfortable with myself and I didn't, I literally, for example, my dad's a photographer. There are no photos of me between the ages of like 
eight to like oh pretty much when I transitioned there are no because I refused to like want to see those photos. Um, and obviously my parents noticed. And truthfully, at first, again, because I was always so tomboy, they just assumed I was a lesbian. So, <laughs> honestly, which is fair. It's very fair. Yeah. You know, so they were like, is Alex just like, you know, going through that phase where he needs to figure himself out or she at the time. Um, but then like, you know, again, so I used to like right before I like got older, I did. And then I would say from that, you know, eight to like, 12, 13, I didn't do anything, which is the funny part because I just felt so uncomfortable. Um, and then actually in that time period when I became a little bit more isolated and things of that nature, um, I actually got really into like music and stuff. So that's the piercings, the gauges, the tattoos, like <laughs> the background technically as I got older was actually music. I was on track for Berkeley College of Music. I was the drummer for the jazz band. We played at, you know, you know, big places in New York City, all of that. So for me, that's what I started getting into, I'd say in middle school, high school. Um, and once I turned 16 and I got my top surgery done, that's when I first felt comfortable to get back into sports because now, you know, before that I was nervous because I didn't want to underperform and feel bad about myself, honestly. Yeah, um, nobody so, does. Right, exactly. So for me, it was the testosterone and the top surgery at 16 that really got me back into sports. And honestly, it was immediately bodybuilding. Like I didn't even... Like I, the coach uh, for wrestling in my high school was like begging me to be on the, like, I was like, no, I want to do bodybuilding. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that's the second part of my question. How did you get into bodybuilding? Like yeah. how, what influences? Cause you said you were very into music and stuff, which like, honestly, so am I. So it's very nice to hear that. Um, yeah. But a lot of people who like, aren't like, don't do both. Don't see the connection or don't think like somebody with musical talent can do something that has like athletic potential, you know? Right. And I, I honestly, I would, I, sure I can speak for both of us it's in a way nice because we don't have any injuries a lot of you know people that get into bodybuilding if they have this athletic background like football like they're gonna have or like you know whatever yeah. I feel bad because like they have injuries that come into it like my best friend he was a lacrosse player and his shoulders messed up so I'm like grateful in a way that like I don't have that um but going back to your question so I so I pretty much I think I was watching um Netflix and I ended up watching Pumping Iron or something like that. <laughs> I, I started watching that and I just saw like bodybuilding. I was like, oh, like that's something I never really like thought of. So I just piqued my interest very casually. I watched it. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Like this is really competitive. Like I understood like this was probably a lot of effort. I mean, you're having an athlete pretty much being forced to perform at their best yeah. with the nutrition pretty much going it's it's working against them at one point yeah yeah, um, yeah. and um from there I honestly my again my good friend Jared shout out to Jared he kind of was already into working out so I kind of just approached him at one point like hey Jared like can I come work out with you in the school gym at the point at that point I didn't have a car he was like yeah let's go you know oh totally for it and then from there I went to the gym um again I'm very lucky I come from a school district that everyone regardless of like the clique you were in overall nice obviously there's always outliers but yeah I felt a little nervous because like yeah I was I would I was the trans guy in my right. like high school like I was the only one everyone knew so I was a little nervous like going into it I was like oh, I kind of want like people to be immature about this but right away they like welcomed me like I was you know training with the football like football players like you know whatever doing my thing and like this is amazing like this is not what I was expecting you know I was expecting to receive some you know, backlash. And I think that, that this part of my story is very different for a lot of trans people. And again, goes back to how it, it's so case by case. And you just, you know, I feel so bad for those that don't have that. So 
it's important to, again, make this more normalized and not a big deal. Um, so from there, I really, I'm a very like all or nothing personality type. So the minute I got into it, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So <laughs> I ended up going, you know, six times a week, which I shouldn't have. I was going six times a week, like, you know, drag my parents to drive me to LA fitness. And then I finally got, <laughs> it was the closest gym near me. Yeah. They um, always not a bad one. They got like, it's not bad. there's, there's definitely worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, from there, I just started to do my research. Like I'm like very type A personality. So I need to know like everything. Like I need to make my lists. I need to like, like have like, know like all the science behind it. And so I started watching YouTube videos and then I learned about that Francis powerhouse gym. And I was like, oh, and I, I heard about it before because of pumping iron uh, the second one. And then, um, I was like, I realized it was on Long Island. And at that point, I didn't realize it was on Long Island. I was like, oh my God, like, where is this? I thought, for some reason, I thought it was upstate. I don't know why. Um, nothing's upstate, no offense. No, no nothing. <laughs> no, it's upstate. It's, exactly. It's a beautiful area, but it's, you're not going to find something like that upstate. No. I, I think if I'm wrong, I'm, I apologize. But um, so I, the minute I got in my car in like junior year, I was there. I had a half a year, I not half a year. Like my schedule was short because I already finished credits ahead of time. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I pretty much was able to leave by like 12, one or something I, I every single day. And I live in the Stony Brook area and okay. to, yeah. So to, do you know that area? Um, I know of it cause I know people that go like to school University. up there, but yeah. I haven't visited myself. Cool. Awesome. So yeah, like where the university is, Stony Brook. So I, I come from that area. So I would drive from Suffolk all the way to a county over Nassau where Bev's was. So like every day would be like a 45 minute drive without traffic. And that's when I really got into it. I met, you know, Sadiq, Arash, like, you know, even Jay Cutler was there. Like Jay knows me. Like, I'm, yeah, exactly. Like I'm so, so like blessed for that gym, you know, talking to Steve Weinberger, like all these guys, and all of them are like, hey, like, you should try and compete. I'm like, can I? Like, I don't even know. Like, being really realistic, I'm like, you know, thank you. Like, I, I really appreciate that. But I don't want to show up to a show and then be turned down because I'm trans. Right. So, like, I don't want to lose time. I don't. I just want to be realistic. And I ended up training with Bev herself for my birthday because I just really wanted a training session with her. And I asked her, I was like, Bev, like, can I compete in a show? I know you and Steve pretty much run the shows on the East Coast. Um, and she was like, yeah, why not? And that was it for me. Like at that point, like I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. At that point, I was already working with my coach, Jason, shout out to Jason. Um, and we made a plan uh, by, by 18. I competed. I won my first show. I won classic physique. Um, I did not win open. I won um, uh, teen and junior for my, my class. So I was very happy with that for my first show. And then that for me was kind of my like, again, just like, the validation that like you can do this like this this is meant for you like you know you are in a disadvantage if you work hard enough so yeah correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like it would do a lot for like if I was in your shoes it would kind of be like a almost like a reassurance of like this is who I this is who I am I knew it this whole entire time and now it's like you're out here winning awards for competing in like men's physique Right. Exactly. And it like, was, this is it. You're totally right. Like for me, like that was the moment when I was like, okay, like I, I was born to do this, like, you know, not to be like, like that, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm born to do this. Like yeah. really my genetics are at least at par with cis guys to do this. Cause I was worried about that. Yeah. Um, you're lucky in that sense too. Cause some people's, I mean, everyone's genetics are different, you know? Yeah. And I was, I, cause I was, I was honestly curious at that point. I was like, okay, let's see. Mm -hmm. Honestly. 
Um, I came in really, really lean. I definitely wasn't the biggest. I was young, but you know, they, I talked to the judges after I'm like, what do I need to improve? And they said, listen, your conditioning was flawless. Like best there. You just need more size and you would have been open. I'm like, okay. So from there, I've honestly like just been putting on size and like, I'm again, kind of a perfectionist. So I'd rather just wait and like step on stage when like, I think I'm ready to go to a qualifier, which I think I am this year. So, you know, Yeah, thank that you. is awesome. So do you, um, is it something that you have to disclose before, like when you're signing up for a competition or something like, like that, you are a trans man? That's a great question. So I've honestly never really disclosed. I, I just, for me, I didn't, I don't really see why, right. you know, again, it, I understand the other way around is so much more complicated when you have a transgender female, like yes. I totally going to be my next question. <laughs> It's something that is so difficult because I really feel sympathy, but I also understand why cis women are frustrated because bone density, like, especially it also depends at what age they transition, the transition, just like me, you know, the earlier this transgender woman can, if she doesn't go through puberty, it's a different ballgame. Right. But if she's already gone through puberty, it becomes really difficult. So that's why I do promote letting people at a younger age transition. If they go through all these, these steps, like I have where they have that, you know, experience with these professionals and stuff like that. Um, because if you have a transgender woman who doesn't really go through puberty and they're immediately put on estrogen, it's a different ballgame, you know, yeah. and I would love to see maybe more proactive research done on like, okay, let's look at, let's, let's take a, let's take a transgender woman and do a case study. Let's see, let's make her perform with a cis female in just a normal non-competitive state, just for research purposes and see how many years on estrogen does it take for that transgender female to be at the level of a cis female to make it fair? But that's just something like, you know, that's not really looked into that much because I'm sure that would give us a lot of answers because right now it is unfair because you're a transgender female who might not even be on estrogen compete against a cis female. And that's why I'm saying I'm very fair in my views because it is a big issue and I understand. But I think also a lot of people assume that transgender people are, are very, they think we all have the same view on it, you know? So I think it's important to have reasonable voices in the trans yeah. community come out and talk about it because like, not to name call, but like, for example, Caitlyn Jenner is not someone that trans- like represents us very well. It's, you right. know, so <laughs> I, I think it's better to have just normal people, you know, doing their thing, coming out and talking about it. Like I always talk within the trans community with other trans guys and 99% agree with me. You know, we're still people with common sense at the end of the day. It's just media loves those very one-sided opinions that start a conversation and controversy. That's what makes for good news. That's why. Exactly. And then you're not getting those people that they'll say something normal that comes out of their mouth, you know? So, um, but I'm so sorry. What was your question? (laughs) Um, Oh, I was asking if you had to disclose whether, like, if if you're like required to disclose that you are a trans. Yes. I don't. Now oh. that being said, if they asked me to, I wouldn't be offended. Right. The only time, the only time I do disclose immediately is when the tanning part is like. Oh. <laughs> I, I literally, I because it's typically a girl. I'm like, listen, I really don't like. I'm I'm telling you this right now because I respect your decision either way. But I am a transgender guy, so like, just you know, I don't want to like throw you for a loop when right. you're. And I've actually gotten the same, like, like for me, like the girl that tat, like tanned me, she was like, I really don't care, but I appreciate you telling me. And I was like, okay, like, cause I mean, that was the only person where I felt needed to know because yeah. it's 
a little bit more like personal when someone yeah. tans for a bodybuilding show. But other than that, no, I kind of just like do my thing. I mean, I don't even I don't even like pack or anything like when I went up on stage because I just was terrified of it like falling out or something. Oh else. my god, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's a question I get too. Like, do you like you know pack when you pose? I'm like absolutely not. Like we're wearing very like especially nowadays like the minimal coverage <laughs> right like, especially like like classic physique used to be more covered it's getting less and less covered so i'd just rather not take that chance so i'm with for, you on that that would be so embarrassing for me <laughs> yeah like imagine just like the shame of like walk oh of shame. my god yeah yeah you don't need that <laughs> yeah yeah so um, that's yeah i like that you said like you seem like a very reasonable person and a very level-headed person so i'm enjoying talking to you um, and I like how you brought up doing like how people really like people should be doing case studies nowadays on transgender women, because being like being a female and playing sports like my whole life and stuff, I understand the side of like what I want someone who's like transitioning to be a female, but has like male genetics and testosterone flowing through their body playing on the opposite side of of me on the soccer field like I'd probably get decked and it would hurt a lot um but at the same time it's it puts those people in a horrible position identifying as a gender and being told like you can't participate right but it's like when you do like when you do think about it and if you are like a level-headed person you're like like we said in the beginning male and female genetics are completely different I go to the gym way more often than my brother does, but he could pin me down in a second. Right. And, you know, my thing about it is we, I think people need to like the narrative behind it. I think, you know, from the side of the transgender woman for cis females to understand, they're not trying to cheat. They're not trying right. to, they're not trying to abuse the game. It's nothing against you. I think that narrative needs to be it's like you know brought to light more that there no one no one that's transgender is trying to abuse doing it for sports yeah is like right no one's like if someone that's truly transgender no one's abusing that you know just identity as a transgender to get what they want that's never ever the case um and then on the other side i think transgender people need to understand more that usually there are cases but usually they don't feel that transgender females shouldn't participate with females other than the simple fact that it's unfair it's not because they're against them being transgender. It's just they want to make sure that obviously the cis female are just fairly represented in the game. Um, obviously, again, there's outliers that they just feel like obviously like, oh, well, like you're not a girl. So, you you know, those are there for sure. Yeah, but I, I think we're getting to a point where it's more so just people that really love sports and really just are there for the game and the love of it. It's not that it's just for it's just for the actual sport. So I think just understanding both sides of the narrative is really important to start like just a civil conversation about it um and then again just having that science and like support because yeah being you know people argue well being transgender is so new being transgender is so new but so is the medical support for it because you know there have been transgender cases like dating very very long ago but people mm -hmm. don't want to talk about that but they just simply didn't have the technology or resources to do anything about it i mean the first transgender woman to get her surgery done was in the early 1900s. She unfortunately died because it just wasn't there. But people don't talk about that. So this is not like a new trend or fad. It's just simply more people can go about it because of the science. And we're no longer living, you know, primitive lives when your life is about procreating and go to war and hopefully making it to 30 years old. <laughs>
you know, obviously back then it was really just survival of the fittest and, yeah. you know, it was important to procreate. We we're getting to the point people are more comfortable, you know, women can take on jobs as CEOs. It's a beautiful thing. Like it, we don't need to differentiate like that anymore. So it's opening the opportunity for people who, you know, fall in that gray area to feel more seen. Yeah. And I'm hoping that as time progresses and now being in the year like 2023, I guess, um, that these are things that will start happening. Like, I'm sure you're not the only one sitting here being like, there should be case studies of how long it takes for a transgender woman to be like on estrogen and stuff. So hopefully that in somewhere in our lifetime, that's something that we can see like progress because you're right where there when it comes down to sports and that kind of stuff it's a very tough situation that we just haven't really figured out yet but we're on like we're on the track to figuring it out you know yep and I think another big issue that comes into play especially towards trans women and I always make this point it's a lot easier for most people I've honestly had the most backlash from cis guys but for Mm -hmm. women like I've noticed it's much easier for people to accept a trans guy because it's very normal for a girl to wear a guy shirt, right? Yes, I think about that all the time. Right, but it's way less accepted socially for a man to wear a dress. So that's why I think initially, you know, a transgender woman will get a lot more like backlash because they really are like, it's going a lot against a lot of societal norms. Like, you know, it's it's, plenty of girls have short hair and, you know, wear boy, like quote unquote boy shorts, like short shirts and like all of that. So- And, you know, another big issue that comes into play is people just assume transgender people are just cross-dressers, which is so wrong. Or like, you know, know, well, it's pretty much just a drag queen, right? I'm like, no, no. (laughs) Drag queens actually still identify with their gender. They just have um, like this persona they take on when they perform. Um, And, you know, you know, there's actually an amazing documentary out right now on Netflix. I forgot the name of it, but it really talks about like the history of transgender and like the role that you know drag shows and all like nothing wrong with drag shows but like the role drag shows and media and all that yeah yeah Yeah. what I'm sorry what'd you say I said it's it's totally different I think I've had to explain that a lot to people that I know like which kind of alarms me that like I still have to explain it (laughs) um I don't know do you by chance watch any Dancing with the Stars um I don't but I I mean you can you can definitely like tell me about something uh well there is a um, there was a drag queen on this past season's, like, I guess, like, cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, his name, but the, like, drag queen, like, persona character was named Shangela. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were very confused, like, okay, so at practice, like, it's a guy. Like, he's not wearing, like, is he's not in character in practice. So they're like, why is he with a guy? Whatever. I'm like, we, it's it's essentially, like, it's like you're playing a role. Like it's two different people. Mm-hmm. This when this guy's walking the street, he's a he's a guy. He might be like a little bit more on the feminine side, but when he's in his makeup, in his wig, whatever, like that's Shangela. That's some that's somebody different. Right. And like, you know, and then again, it's just it, people need to be more open to having these conversations because people are when people don't understand something, they just immediately fear it, you know, and attack it because that's just again a primitive thing about us which is in any animal on this planet um so i just think people are need to be more willing to just talk about it and not just jump to conclusions and again normalize it like there needs to be more normalcy like 
in media, we have plenty of drag queens. We don't have many transgender people. And that's the difference is because that's why so many people say we're the same thing because there really isn't much representation, especially like trans guys in media. Um, so like we have some transgender woman, like shout out to this girl, Carmen, she's going to be on a TV show soon. And her character is not even a trans person. She's just like a, she's like a, you know, hardworking hairdresser. And that's important to just put transgender yeah. people in normal roles of society. Yeah. That's what we are. Like in real life, I've never had someone come up to me like, are you trans? Like I've, you know, I definitely don't look the part. Like I don't sound the part. I don't behave. No. The part. I would have never known. Never. Right. And that's the point is that, you know, people think that we're these predatory, like weird looking, like, no, like I have friends that they're, they're trans guys and they're policemen. They're in the army. Like, thank God they can go back again, but they're in the army. Like they're business owners. Like I have friends that are female, like trans girls that they're also business owners. And it doesn't matter. Like, like the point of what we do is not to stand out is we, we just want to, you know, live our lives and do our thing and not draw so much attention on us. So just the more we put transgender people in just very casual roles in the media, you know, media plays such a large role in our culture today. So it's so important. I like that you said that because that's the way that I've always gone about approaching my friends that are in like the LGBTQ community or like, like, I I mean, even since like middle school, I'm like, okay, like say like, I have a friend and he's gay. I'm like, that's cool. Like, that's cool. But not that I don't care, but it's like, I'm not going to change like my perception of you. You're not going to be treated differently by me. And I think that they're like one of the problems. I think you're definitely right with people are scared of what they don't understand. And that like that is a really big thing. It's confusing for a lot of people. Like why? Like you were born a girl. Why would you want to be like a guy? Like, how did you know? But I think another part of it is there are very select individuals who like do kind of um use it not, not as an advantage but be like oh like are you being mean to me because I'm gay or something oh, like that and yeah. that's like what like that puts a bad taste on a lot of people's mouths and in my head I've always been like don't you want to like don't you want to be treated the same as like the rest of us like for me it's like I'm not gonna treat you special but I'm not gonna like that means I'm also not gonna like you're not going to automatically like something. everything and make sure you're protected in bubble wrap every time I speak to you. you well, know? You're just not automatically going to like someone just because there's LGBT. There's plenty of us that are, you know, excuse my language, assholes. Yeah. yeah. So you're just going to, it's again, just a detail about someone. And, you know, I even like, cause like a lot of people ask me about stuff like my dating life. And so how did that work? Because again, I definitely don't look like a trans guy, but I am. And I always tell people like, I don't get offended if someone, if I, I always immediately tell people, obviously like that's important for them to know. Right. It is. I'll, I'll immediately disclose like, listen, before we get any further, I just want to let you know out of respect. <laughs> I am a transgender man. Like yeah. if that is not something that you're interested in, I never take offense to it. I think that people are shocked when I say that because like, well, how can you not be like, how can you not get offended? I'm like, well, it's just like anything else. Like everyone has their preferences and types. So like, you know, some, some girls like blonde guys, I'm not blonde, whatever. Like, you know, right. so it's just another factor. If that's not something that you're comfortable with, then I don't want to date you anyway. So like, I'd rather just yeah. get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, so again, it just comes down to like people that narrative needs to change that it's not everything that people say towards us is meant to be it's not a, a shot at us being lgbt but in the same relation what we do in just day-to-day -day basis it's not a shot at us being like well no. we're better like you know nothing like that like 
um, you know, a lot of people are coming out and saying that, you know, the LGBT wants everything to be LGBT now. It's like, no, we just want a little bit more representation because you can't deny that like 99.99% of media is just yeah. cis men, you know, cis men and cis women. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting better. We're getting way better. And I love to see that. I mean, we were just watching my girlfriend loves reality TV show and she was watching a show and they had, you know, someone that was deaf on the show or someone that was autistic. Like, I'm like oh, yeah. It doesn't need to be every whole show about the the main character is blind. Yes, exactly. Like it's just good to have perspective because you know we it's you'll like you know so many people that don't like transgender people have never met a transgender person in their life. You know, so just I've actually I was once in the airport. Um, I was going to see the Arnold Classic, and I was with my mom. I was very excited to take her with me because like that was the first time she'd see a bodybuilding show with me. And there was these. I was wearing a Dorian Yates shirt and there was these two older men, I would say like middle-aged and they were just, I mean, like they were really saying some stuff about transgender people. And I was like pretty close to them, but I was like, okay. Um, And my mom, obviously being my mother, she was getting pretty worked up and I had to kind of like, you know, pat her leg a little bit, like, it's okay. Like it's not a big deal. And then they actually started a conversation with me because of my shirt, my Dorian Yates shirt. And we ended up getting into like this whole long drawn conversation about you name it. I mean, we're waiting, we're waiting at an airport. I mean, there's plenty of time to talk. So we started talking about just even politics, stuff like that. And like, at the end of the, at the end of the day, they're like, listen, like one of them made a joke and was like, I wish like my daughter met you. Like you're such a stand up guy. Like I wish more guys were like you these days. Like so many guys are so soft and I'm like, well, I'm trans and like their faces, <laughs> they, I mean, it really, it, I wish I could like screenshot my eyes at that moment but they like got white, you know, and like, and then they got red out of embarrassment. It was like a whole like different emotions going through them. And they were like, re- like, you know, the one guy that said that was like, you're, you're trans. Like, it was like, yes, I'm a transgender man. And they literally apologized to my face. They're like, listen, I know you just heard everything we just said. And we just want to let you know that we apologize. And truth be told, you are the tr- first transgender person we meet. So they literally said like, we still don't understand it. But at the end of the day, you definitely changed some perspective here. That's and I was awesome. like, Great. I don't, again, I don't need anyone to understand me. Just respect me as a human. That's like, that is perfectly said. And I feel like anybody, like, regardless of who you are, can kind of like resonate with that. Like, I don't need you to understand who I am. Just respect me. Right. And that At goes the end of the day, we're all just freaking human beings. And there's like, you, like you said before, there's things like some girls are into blonde guys. Some girls are into brunette guys. Some guys like shorter girls like what at like I don't think any of that's necessarily right or wrong but we need to start seeing everyone for like what their personality is and then just like traits you know it's like you're not like I'm not gonna go and be like oh my trans friend Alex you know mm-hmm. it's like yeah that's a detail about you but you're out comes up, but right. and like, yeah and like ever I always believe like everyone's entitled to happiness like I don't we could have like the most contradicting political views ever but as long as you aren't a murderer like all those like (laughs) as long as you aren't hurting anyone like intentionally I still think you deserve happiness even though we may disagree on every topic possible that's okay that's like that's supposed to be the beauty of this country like again yeah it is right I come from a country that was communist fascist like I've seen it like my parents have seen it I barely saw it thankfully but like you know, my parents were pretty much given a list of what they can buy from the 
you know, grocery store and it was like a piece of bread and half a chicken for like a week of like six people. So like, that's, that's oppression. Like, you know, people don't really understand that in this country. Like, they're like, you know, I, I come from a place that was brutal. And I always tell people this, like, I'm, you know, I love what this country stands for. Like, I'm, I'm proud to live in this country, even though, especially nowadays, like, there's a lot of backlash against transgenders, like still, you know what, at least we can have a conversation. Yeah. there's countries there is no conversation in the first place you know and people need to find the beauty in that a little bit more I think that that's a really good point that you touched upon and I kind of like I get a little sense of it just because I'm not an immigrant myself but my father is and he came he came from Taiwan but his family is like from China obviously tried to escape China for obvious reasons so I I understand your point of like listen, things are a shit show here. <laughs> like there's a lot of things that go wrong and, and injustices that occur and stuff, but we're kind of, I don't want to say spoiled, but like, we don't realize that, no, there's countries in the world. Like you said, your mom got a list of things that she could buy. She wasn't allowed to buy what she wanted to buy. So when you really think of it, it's like, I think a lot of people need to take a step back and, and, kind of realize their blessings um in in the whole great picture of things right like or for example my grandfather he was a very hardworking man like he you know in communism he was able to buy a new car which is like whoa you know (laughs) got a new car and uh you know there it wasn't police it was military Mm -hmm. you know a military officer that worked at like you know supervised that area where they lived approached my father my grandfather and he was well known in the town already so he already got like a lot of eyes on him and they asked him, how did you get that new car? And he said, I bought it. And they took it away from him because they're like, you're not supposed to be making enough money to buy this car. Like, you know, like it's, it's, Crazy. Yeah, it's this, I agree. This country is definitely going through a lot of stuff right now. Yes. At the end of the day, at least, you know, look at countries like Iran, like what's going on in Iran right oh, now. I know. You'll get executed for dancing in public. Like it's insanity. I mean, like they really have it bad when it comes to social issues. I mean, you know, and obviously this country, again, is going really back and forth with like women's rights, like like all the minorities right now. It's really disturbing what's going on. But at the end of the day, that opportunity to change it is there where there a lot of country. There isn't even that opportunity to change it. You know, it, like I really have a lot of faith in our generation, you know, of yeah. of our generation to be a little bit more just compassionate maybe we disagree on some things but just that just bare minimum of what everyone deserves and to be respected i do believe the much bigger majority of our generation is going to change a lot of things and i'm really looking forward to that i i agree too i say it all the time like even just from business standpoints and social aspects that we like we're fortunate to have grown up in a world where like we can connect with a lot of different people. Like I can, I literally connected you with you through social media. If Instagram didn't exist, I would have never known that you were a person. Exactly. On this earth. And that yeah. allows us like, w- like we just understand things that our predecessors don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm excited to see like, as we get older and we start to be like the older generation, how things continue to change. And I think that you're like, I'm really happy I had you on. Cause I think that you're a perfect like voice of reason here, like under coming from a different country, just living in a non-traditional childhood um, and being a successful man today. Thank you. I really appreciate that. 
Yeah, no, I, I really had so much fun talking to you. I don't want to keep you too, too much longer, but do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram, TikTok, like whatever you have so they can follow you? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So you can find me at Alex Tilinka, A-L-E-X-T-I-L-I-N-C-A. That's my Instagram and my TikTok is um, the same thing. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's simple. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Alex. I'm definitely going to have to have you back on because I had such a good time talking to you. Thank you. Yes, I think the time flew. So I really enjoyed this as well. All right, guys, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. You probably noticed I did not do any questions today. Uh, That's because the only questions I got in the box were not real questions. (laughs) So that's why there were no questions today. Hopefully we'll be back with that next week. I hope you guys have a fabulous week. Keep grinding. Take everything I said into consideration, I suppose. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lifts with Liz. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on YouTube under the same name. Have a fabulous week and I will talk to you next Monday.